0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Flush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I hope everyone had a really good Thanksgiving week. Mine was great. Um Thanksgiving itself, I think I mentioned last week we were doing a non-traditional Thanksgiving. So I did like a vegan Mexican kind of feast. I made vegan bloody Marys. If you're wondering what is not vegan in Bloody Marys, it is the Worst Worst Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire sauce. That's how that word is pronounced, right? I will say, if I mispronounce this one, I don't even feel that. It's a hard one to say, and not a lot of people know how to say it right. I think it is Worcestershire, though, right? Worcestershire, I think. Anyway, Worcestershire sauce has um fish in it. So that's something to repulse you today. <laughs> I don't know. I just think, like, fish in sauces is so gross. Like, I can hardly think of something that is more gross than that. Um. Anyway, so that's not vegan. Um a good substitute in my opinion that adds kind of a similar flavor profile, especially for Bloody Mary purposes. I like substitute Worcestershire sauce with other things depending on what the use is. Like for example, I have a really good vegan Caesar dressing. Caesar dressing also uses Worcestershire sauce. It also has like cheese in it, but that's neither here nor there. It also uses um, Worcestershire sauce and I have a different substitute that I use for that context. But For the Bloody Mary context, I find that tamari does a really nice job. Tamari's um, kind of like soy sauce. It's a lot cleaner. It's like really just like soy and water versus soy sauce has like wheat and other things in it, which is random. Anyway, um, made the Bloody Marys. I will say, I don't think I'm going to be having Bloody Marys again for a long time. Um, they were just really heavy and like did not settle nicely in my tummy. And now I just am kind of like repulsed when I think about the concept. Um, but overall, really good. I did really fucking badly burn my dutch oven so basically i put a pot of black beans on the stove and then i went to take a shower and then i was like laying on my pmf infrared heating mat for forever and just like it wasn't until suddenly i smelled a burning smell that i ran out there and they like all the water had evaporated everything had burned to a crisp like my dutch oven is just like Black, it's black. And it started like this beautiful, stunning, like vanilla champagne-y kind of color, like a off-white, a winter white. Is there anything more fucking chic than a winter white? I mean, the shades of white are all so beautiful, but like a like a just off-white, a warmer kind of white, a winter white, it's so fucking sexy, it's so elegant, it's so chic. Like there is nothing that won't be chic. And like, yes, black is chic but in a different way than winter whites are chic. Like black is chic in a more basic kind of way. Anyway, that actually kind of brings me to my next story, but I do want to just interject with this. I did read a really good hack for getting burnt bits off of your Dutch oven. I'm not sure that it's going to work in this context because in this context, we have a bit of a situation where it's like, fully burnt to a crisp like this isn't just like a few burnt pieces but what I read is you bring water to a boil in your dutch oven and then you add some baking soda and then just like use your wooden spoon to um massage (laughs) I guess I I don't know what the right word is you know to like run it on the edges of the dutch oven and the burnt should come up I don't know about this. I'm really worried about it. It's so stunning. It has like a golden knob instead of the usual silver ones. It's it's just, it's really a work of art. Like, I might have to get a new one. I mean, it was, it's, it's charred. It's completely fucking charred. Okay, coming back to white clothing. So <laughs> this past weekend, I was supposed to ride to Brooklyn with my boyfriend, who we call Ozzy on the show, and... By ride, I don't mean that I was going to ride a bike. He rides a bike and I sit on the back of his bike. And he just rides me around town. It's great. Um, So his friend does this like radio show I want to say I honestly have not been super clear on what exactly the deal is but I believe it's a radio show that he does some Sundays not like consistently and he was on the schedule for this Sunday and I guess Ozzy did say to me he's like oh it's a bit of a gamble because I'm not sure if he's going to be there I want to surprise him or something like that I didn't pay attention to that part so it's raining I decide to put on this fucking like all-white, basically, outfit that was so chic, so chic. It's raining, it's gross, not the greatest of decisions that I've made with this, like, long camel-colored coat that I have that is, like, ah, uh, it's so chic. Anyway, I'm riding on the back of the bike. We're halfway there. I realize, like, the entire back of my pants and coat are completely destroyed from, like, the tire Um, so I'm already like in a shit ass mood and I keep complaining about it and stuff. And then we get there and he's not even there that day. He's like, uh, you know, in Massachusetts visiting his dad or some shit, which like, again, I forgot that Ozzy said that it was a gamble. And so I'm like, great. Now I've like destroyed my clothes (laughs) and come all the way out here for nothing, And so then I was like, you know what, let's go to that place. Like, um, the, like, it's like an arcade bar, it's called Barcade in Williamsburg. So we ended up going there and I had this moment where I thought about something that I heard many years ago and it was something along the lines of like, when you go out with like your spouse, act like it's a first date and like be thinking if this was a first date, would there be a second date? And so I was like, all right, if this was a first date, there's like no way in fuck that I would be complaining this much about like everything and all the situations and being like, oh, this is why I always stay home. Oh, this is why I never go out like blah, blah, blah. I would never do that ever if it was a first date. So I'm going to stop fucking doing that. And I'm just going to focus on having fun. And we ended up having a really good time, even though, oh, by the way, when we got to Barcade, so I go in first and I don't have my ID of course and it's somewhere that actually IDs and I was like listen I don't have my ID I do have a photo of it and like I'm 34 years old so like I don't think I'm who these rules are made for and the guy's like well do you have like a credit card blah blah just to like double verify I was like listen I have nothing on me but I have a photo of my passport I have a photo of my driver's license which like Can we circle back to the fact that I have a driver's license? I have not driven a car since 2012. Like, I should not be driving. And I stopped driving cars because I was so fucking bad at it. And it was like a hazard to myself and everyone else. And I will say, I am proud of the fact that I was like never really a reckless driver, although the state of Virginia ticketing system may disagree with that statement. Nevertheless, I would contend that I was never a reckless driver. I was a very, very, very timid driver to the point where it ended up being a hazard because I was holding up traffic. Like I was that bitch in the front of the left turn lane who wouldn't fucking turn left and there is like now a hundred cars behind and they're all honking and I'm sitting there having like a full-blown panic attack just being like I want to go too but like there's a car a mile away and I can't like it was just an absolute shit show and there is nothing in this world that I'm more grateful for than for the fact that I never have to drive a car again. And I mean, never is like really, but like, I think a, like I live in a place where I don't need to. And that's by design, by the way, like the reason I always live in cities is so that I don't have to drive a fucking car. But also I think that we're moving more and more towards a world where people driving cars is eventually going to be obsolete. Like it's eventually going to be like in season three of Westworld where do you remember someone was like, "Hey, do you know how to drive one of these?" And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, I remember." But like they were largely driverless cars, and I think that's that's the direction that we're moving towards. Plus like now with like, you know, Ubers being so widespread and stuff, it's just becoming less and less of a necessity, and that is something I am so fucking grateful for in life. Anyway, how did, oh, okay. So yeah, I do have a driver's license. Basically, like last year, um, I had lost my driver's license for like a full fucking year and it had been expired and I just like got all the shit together to go get a New York license and I was fully prepared for them to be like, yeah, um, no, like you have to take a driving test, in which case I would have been like, great, a state ID will be sufficient. Thank you. But instead, they were like, no problem, like no problem. Let's hand this right over to you. And I was like, ah, okay. That's concerning. Concerning that you're fine with me being on the road. It should, we should be running a tighter ship because, like, guess what? Cars are fucking dangerous and they're also like mini bombs, basically. Like, they're filled with gasoline. If they like, catch fire, they explode. Like, I don't think we are even a little bit as like cautious enough as we should be with guns and cars. Like the two things that I think should be regulated so much more strictly than they are. Like we need, just, we need far more control. It's like, I can't even think of an analogy, so let's move right along because it's, like, not that fucking important. But the point is, act like it's your first date. Act like, not like you're dog pedaling to impress this person because that's not what I'm saying. But, like, maybe, like, if you're, like, going out and doing something fun with your long-term partner and, like, you're not in the greatest of moods, just, like, act like you would on a first date and just focus on having fun. And this is specifically for, like, longer-term relationships. I'm not talking about, like, if you're, like, four months into your relationship, do as you please. I'm talking about, you know, once it's like, once all the excitement is worn off, then you kind of have to work on bringing more excitement in. And a lot of that is like treating each other like the early stages again, instead of treating each other like dumping bags for all of your shit. Anyway, Moving right along, um, last week I talked about beans and the soluble fiber and um, how you, if you pair the soluble fiber with fats at the same meal, then it should be able to help the bowel movements and it seems like there's something specifically about beans. I don't know if they just have like way more soluble fiber than other things. I'm actually planning on doing some um, Excel work on this this week. I, like, fun fact about me, really love Excel. Um, But yeah, I was going to just, like, chart things out um, with, like, nutrients of, like, various foods and see exactly what the deal is. But that's my suspicion. Um, Anyway, so I said I was testing out out to see how it affects my um, bowel movements. And I will say every time I've had them, it's been really, really great. Now, it has been hard for me to keep up with the beans because, as it turns out, I don't find myself craving beans that often. And so it's getting to a point where I'm like kind of forcing myself to eat beans. And I just like, like on Thanksgiving, I had a bit, but like, and then like since then I felt a little off, um, which I'm actually about to get to, but like both physically and emotionally. And it's just been really fucking hard for me to like force myself to consume the beans. But I really, I'm going to do myself to, I'm going to do my best. Sorry, I said I'm going to do myself. I don't know if that's kind of Freudian slip. Um, I'm going to do my best to get back into it. In fact, Today, I plan on preparing this stunning, beautiful salad of shaved raw Brussels sprouts, which if you're not doing like salads of shaved raw Brussels sprouts, you're fucking missing out on life. Like I know like the roasted crispy Brussels sprouts are everything of the sort, but like trust me, try some like shaved raw Brussels sprout salads. Really fucking good. So I'm going to do shaved Brussels kale, grated carrots, scallions, sunflower seeds. um, And I'm thinking like white cannelli beans. That's what they're called, right? Um, You know, like the white kidney beans and um, a mixture of my creamy cashew dressing and my quote unquote detox dressing, which will be in the 2023 kickoff challenge. But yeah, I'll I'll keep, you know, trying and I'll keep reporting back. But so far, I'm really convinced and I might buy the actual course. She did not do a Black Friday or Cyber Monday sale, sadly, but I might buy the course at some point and test it out. I'm not sure. I also really want to make sushi today. I like the past few months have been making sushi a lot and I do like a healthier way of seasoning the rice because like, I don't know if you know this, but sushi rice is seasoned with sugar, so I'd never use sugar. Um, I use like, you know, <laughs> more whole foods approaches to sweetening things in general with desserts, especially. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna make sushi. I love making avocado rolls. And then like there are like fun ways that I play around with vegetables to like mimic other things. Like I do a really good, like spicy tuna made out of tomatoes, and it's actually like really fucking good. Like really fucking good. Like I've had worse spicy tuna made out of fish. Then I've had um, my approach. So yeah, super excited for all that. Honestly, I'm just like kind of fucking hungry. Also, this past weekend, I had a bunch of like I had this dream where I was like there were all these like cakes and I was like decorating and photographing them. And it inspired me to make like a healthy vegan chocolate cheesecake recipe. So that should be coming up also. I'll probably put that recipe. Um, there's going to be a bunch of recipes in the 2023 kickoff challenge and the Blush Academy so look out for that. Okay, moving right along from food, because honestly, honestly, I could fill like an entire fucking episode of me just talking about food, like foods that I'm craving right now, foods that I want to eat, like, <laughs> anyway, um, so TV recommendations, um, honestly, I think this next month is just going to be like fucking Christmas edition, so I'm, planning on just plowing through as many like cheesy Christmas movies as I can because tis the fucking season. And one from last year that I really want to highlight, I started rewatching it yesterday, but I didn't finish it because I went back to Glitch, that Australian show that I believe I talked about last week where I don't want to give anything away, but basically... Um, it has to do with like life and death and cellular regeneration and, you know, it's like kind of a suspense, um, mystery type of show. Um, it's a tad cheesy, I'm not going to lie. Like, it really is a tad bit cheesy, but it's also really good. And Ozzy's been watching with me, and he doesn't really – like, he doesn't love watching TV. And so the way that I trick him now is, that, like, I just put stuff on. And so he'll sometimes have his laptop open and, like, be watching sports, but then he'll just get really invested. Anyway, um, started re-watching Love Hard. It's so good. The title comes from Love Actually plus Die Hard, which are two, you know, iconic Christmas movies. Although I will say – Love actually is definitely not as good as people say it is, right? I think it was good at the time because it was so different. It was the first time that I can think of where we had a movie that was A, so star-studded. B, had that like format where it's like a bunch of stories that don't seem like they're connected. And then eventually you kind of see threads between all the different stories. But we've repeated that format a few times since Love Actually, right? Like, He's Just Not That Into You is another example of that. Like, insanely fucking star-studded. Like, fucking Jennifer Aniston, Drew Barrymore, and a bunch of other famous people are in that. Ben Affleck, um I don't know who else, but like a bunch of fucking really famous people. E from Entourage, uh you know, just just a lot of famous people, right, are in that, Um, Uh, but it's like all these like seemingly disconnected storylines and then you kind of see threads between some of the storylines scarlett johansson was in that and then there was another one was it like valentine's day that i want to say taylor swift even made a cameo in and then wasn't there like a new year's eve version of this It's, it's a format that's been repeated a few times since then but i believe love actually was the first to do it and it is just kind of like feel good and, like, you can attach to some of the storylines and they'll make you feel better or whatever. But I will say it's very fat-phobic. Like, it's very fat-phobic and, like, if it had been made today – it would. It, I love watching things, even from a few years ago, and being like, "Wow, this would never fly today." Anyway, um, oh, a non christmassy TV wreck. A uh, season two of Sex Lies of College Girls is out now, and it's it's fucking fire. I binge the whole thing this weekend. The episodes are so short; like it just flies through. Um, back to Christmas. I watched the highly anticipated Lindsay Lohan Christmas Netflix movie, Falling for Christmas. I'm not going to lie. It's not good. But, like, it is good. Like, it's so bad that it's good. But it's one of those, like, within the first five minutes of the movie, you know exactly what's going to happen, which, like, whatever. You know, that's kind of what cheesy, cheesy Christmas movies are all about. You don't want, like, a crazy plot twist. Like, it's calming to the nervous system because you know exactly what's going to happen. That's kind of the whole point. Um, now, listen, I can't put my finger on it. I don't want to say the acting is bad. I do think she's a good actress and I don't think anyone else was acting poorly. I think the writing was bad. I think the scoring was bad. I don't know what it is, but like it could have been a little less cheesy. Nevertheless, I did cry in it. And then what I'm hearing is like potentially one of the best Christmas movies of all time is new this year. It's called Spirited. I don't know where you can stream it. It's like HBO, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I really could be wrong. Um, I believe it's Ryan Reynolds and someone else. But I've been hearing that it's like literally one of the best fucking Christmas movies. So, you know, something to look into. Uh, Okay, now I uh, kind of am dreading talking about this, but it's honestly like so big for me right now that I feel like I can't put out a podcast episode in all sincerity without addressing it. And I have kind of talked about it at least last week, but I feel like I need to get deeper into it. Um, And also, you know, I I was really like sobbing, like hysterically crying in bed with Ozzy the other night as he's just like holding me and listening to me. And he was like, I really think you should talk about this on the podcast because I think a lot of people will be able to relate. So basically... I've been in like a really dark kind of place the past few weeks, I would say. And it's just kind of like gone down, down, down until this past Friday is when it peaked. Like I spent half the day crying. Um, And now it's turning around because I think I finally got to a place where I was like, okay, I need to address this. And... Yeah, I don't like I don't even know how to describe how I've been feeling, but I guess to describe it, I might go back to a story that you may have heard if you're a longtime listener, but I'm going to repeat it anyway, because like, whatever. Um, When I was a child, I thought I was an alien. I literally thought like I was from another planet And I didn't, like, have, like, memories of being on another planet, just to be super clear. Like, I I believed that I was the child of my parents. Like, I believed that my mom gave birth to me. Like, these things I didn't doubt. But I always thought I was from another planet. And it's, like, because I felt so different from everyone that it, like you know I was like well I can't possibly be from here and a lot of it was over like kind of dumb innocuous kind of stuff but a lot of it was uh, a lot of okay it was like I was foreign right like I was Iranian living in Germany So I automatically didn't really fit in or, like, I felt different, very, like, other from other people I was, like, around, like, my peers in school and stuff like that. I looked super different. I was treated very different. You know, the first German words I learned were go-home foreigner. I like, I could tell that people, like, I was different and people didn't like that. I also, you know, when I first started um, German, like, preschool or kindergarten or whatever came first, I, I only spoke Farsi. And then the following year, I was put into an international school where we were taught in English. So, like, finally, I thought I was, like, entering a school knowing the fucking language, but I didn't know English. So then I had to learn English. Like, Like I, I just, I was very notably different. And then on top of that, I also didn't have that like feeling of belonging with my parents either because like we also were culturally different. So like I really have spent my entire life never truly feeling at home in any context ever, ever. There's like even like other Iranian Americans, like let's say my age in America, I still don't feel like the same as those people because I spent the first 11 years of my life in Germany. And like, you know, there's just so many like layers of cultural difference that I have that there's just there's never been a setting in my life where I felt like I belonged. So it's kind of like a bit of background And it's something I've done so much work on, so much work on. And lately, a lot of imposter syndrome has like really come back up for me. And I think it's partially because... I actually have had, like, more success lately than I ever have. Like, the podcast has grown so dramatically, and while that feels so fucking good, I think, like, there's part of me that all of a sudden is, like, wait, but, like, am I worthy? Am I qualified? Like, am I, you know, am I this? Am I that? Like, is everyone, like, this, like, loser wound that I talked about last week, which is, like, so fucking deep for me, where I just, like... Feel like, such a loser, like, so, like, socially awkward, so uncool. And again, I've done so much work on that, but I think, like, the work that I've done on it the first round, the first time I've addressed this stuff has been, like, uh, just... Uh, trying to make myself not feel socially awkward and not feel like a loser and feel cool instead. And I think the way that I'm going to approach it this time, which I'll get more to, uh, like I'll get to deeper, you know, soon, is instead of like being like, oh no, I'm not a loser and I am cool and I am lovable, whatever. Instead being like, you know what? Like I am socially awkward and I am a loser and that's okay. And like, I am different and that's okay. Okay. Anyway, so I don't even know like how else to talk about this but basically like on Friday I just had like a full breakdown and Ozzy was out we were supposed to like meet up with um his friend and his friend's girlfriend and I was like I'm not gonna come and he was like okay yeah like are you sure are you good and I was like yeah, yeah, I'm fine I just like I didn't feel great as I'd mentioned on Thanksgiving with like the Bloody Marys and stuff and I was like I just I have a headache I don't feel great um so I'm just gonna like rest and he's like sure 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 and then he called me while he was out and I was crying so he came home And he just like sat with me and listened to me as I was like just hysterically crying about like all the ways in which like I feel like such a loser and so unlovable and I don't have like the community that I want around me in New York City because like fun fact when I moved to New York. Um, it was the very end of 2018 and in 2019 I made a bunch of friends and then in 2020 every single friend that I had made in the city moved out of the city and so I've been like rebuilding friends since then but you know, like I don't feel like I have, um, as many friends in the city and like the ones that I have like right now like have kids or have like other things going on where it's not like I don't have the type of community that I would want around me. Um so yeah that's been kind of hard and just you know that all obviously brings up this loser wound so much more and Yada, yada, yada. So anyway, instead of just like sitting here and complaining about everything that's been going on with me, and I will say like, I really thought about not putting out an episode this week because I was like, I just feel so like not confident and not worthy and like not good enough and like not worthy of having people listen to me and just all this really, really dark stuff. Instead, I was like, you know what? I'll just come on and I'll be really honest. And what I want to get to is like how to pull yourself out of a dark place because I think like this is relatable and it might not be exactly what I'm going through right now because that's like very niche, but it's very common to feel down at this time of the year. I mean, seasonal affective disorders are just jumping off right now. Being around family can really trigger things and a fun statistics, the most amount of breakups happen right before the holidays. So like whether you're going through a breakup, you're going through family shit, you're going through work shit, you're just like, you have like your depression, your anxiety is rampant or whatever the fuck it is. It's so common to just be not in the best place right now. And so I want to go through ways to pull yourself out of this. So like with everything else, I personally really believe in a holistic approach to things. So by that, I mean like physical, the physical side of things like nutrition, movement, sleep, um, the mental side of things, the emotional side of things, and even spiritual, which I'm not going to touch on because like, I don't think that's my role <laughs> to like, talk. I don't know, like I it's just not, but it, that also can very much be a factor. And spiritual doesn't have to be like, you know, going to church or like whatever sort of organized religion, like you can be an atheist and still have a spiritual connection like to yourself, to the planet. You know what I mean? Just like something bigger than yourself. There's always room for that. Anyway, so I always think it's helpful to attack the physical stuff first because it's the easiest, you'll see a good amount of traction from just addressing physical stuff, and getting the physical stuff in check will make tackling the mental and emotional stuff a lot easier. So first I want to talk about nutrition. Now in general, a diet that is high in raw fruits and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds and legumes is the best for any sort of mood-related issue. Um, now, specifically within those, a few nutrients you want to hit. Tryptophan is highly helpful for depression. Obviously, turkey has tryptophan. But fun fact about tryptophan: you need um, sufficient amounts of carbs to be able to actually absorb tryptophan. So, what I really recommend is like sweet potatoes—they're high in tryptophan—and um, you know they have the sufficient amount of carbs to actually be able to absorb it. Cashews are great. Avocados are great. Pair all three together. If roasted sweet potato, open it up, a little cashew cream sauce, avocado, fucking fire, flames emoji, like you need nothing else in life. Vitamin B6 is excellent, good sources are watermelon, bananas, avocados, sunflower seeds. By the way, I will have lists of um, food sources for these nutrients somewhere, either on socials or on the blog or something. I will put up a full You know, written list so that you don't have to like jot down notes right now. Um, Vitamin B12 is so fucking important and most people are deficient in vitamin B12. In fact, studies show that the only people who are not deficient in vitamin B12 are the people who regularly supplement it. That's because our soil is so nutrient depleted these days that you really can't get B12 from food and vegetable sources like you used to be able to. Now you can technically, get it from meat, but the reason that you get it from meat is because they give the animals vitamin B12 before they kill them. So you may as well cut out the middleman and just supplement it yourself. And again, studies show that the only people who are not deficient are the people who supplement with it. Now, if you are really like if you're a vegan or vegetarian, you absolutely non-negotiably have to supplement. But I think everyone should supplement. Now, if you are really deficient in it, what I did this past weekend, I'll be fully honest, is I went and got an IV that included B12 and some other things also. But the reason that I did that is because it just gets your levels back to normal a lot quicker than if you are really deficient starting to supplement. But I want to acknowledge that getting a vitamin IV is not accessible to everyone, both because of like, let's say where you live might not offer these things, but also like it's kind of expensive. I just, I'm going to be honest about everything that I've done. Um, Vitamin B9 is great. Vitamin D is great. You know, usually we got vitamin D from the sunshine, but Uh, you know, in winter months, we have very little skin exposed and there is less sunshine potentially. So it becomes a lot harder. So this is a good time to supplement. I went and got a shot of it. They don't put vitamin D in an IV. Um, It has to go into the muscles. So I just got a shot of it in my butt this past weekend. Instantly feel better. Um, Omega-3s are really great. Great sources are seaweeds and algae, walnuts, flax seeds. Um, Obviously fish is good. But again, the reason that fish is high omega-3s is because they eat seaweed and algae. Like all of the nutrients that we get from dead animals actually come from the things that the dead animals eat. And you can get them a lot more efficiently if you just eat those things yourself, because when the animal eats it, part of the nutrients get absorbed into its flesh, but part of the nutrients go towards just normal functioning of a body. And so they're not actually absorbed in the flesh. So if you just eat those foods yourself, you'll actually get a higher concentration of those nutrients anyway zinc is excellent you know uh, magnesium is excellent and minerals in our body work in ratio to each other so like if you have elevated copper that pushes the zinc and magnesium down which increases anxiety and depression yada yada but those are two like magnesium is a great one to supplement with because most people are deficient I really recommend a collated magnesium I think the word is pronounced collated I could be wrong I will post something with links to my favorite supplement brands I think I'll put that on the website and also you want to limit caffeine alcohol sugar and highly processed foods to the extent that you can obviously don't be like too crazy about it because that's just the anxiety of that makes it so much worse but you know limit it to the point that you can movement is exceptionally helpful with mood issues whether it's anxiety or depression I really recommend for this keeping things light and keeping things fun. A really intense workout does increase cortisol levels. I mean, it is temporarily, but nevertheless, like if you have a lot of anxiety, like I've been in states where I've had a lot of anxiety and I just started working out more and more and it kept getting worse and worse. So like, especially just to balance your adrenals and things like that, keep things light. What I really recommend is just walk a few more minutes every day than you usually do. So if you're someone who drives to work, park further away. Um, You know, if there's something that you drive or subway or bike, or well, biking is actually great, so I'll take that out. But if there's something that you drive or subway to, walk to it instead if it's possible. Just try to increase a little, like add a little bit more walking to your day. That's going to do a lot. Now, a level further if you're open to it and you're down is to, Dance to one song every day, just one song. It's like three minutes. It's totally doable. Sleep is so fucking important. Now, I have a whole episode on sleep, so I'm not going to repeat this stuff here, Um, but check the episode from April 5th. It's called 13 Ways to Optimize Your Sleep and Have More Energy. It's a great episode. Highly recommend checking it out. Okay, there are other little habits that are helpful. Having some kind of routine, having something that you do every single day around the same time every day. That's just, it's just going to be helpful. I uh, meditate every morning. I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, Accomplishing small things, like just being able to check something off of your to do list, even if it's as simple as like just making the bed every morning, it just sets the tone for better habits throughout the day. Um, Having a gratitude practice. I talked about this last week, so I won't repeat it. I just want to say it's quick, it's easy, it's helpful, and it's something you can be consistent about every day. Um, you know, when you're in a really low place, it's so tempting to skip and cancel everything. So if you can keep like smaller agreements with yourself, it'll prompt your brain to release feel good chemicals. And the last thing I have for this category is novelty increases dopamine. So maybe change the route that you commute, change the hand with which you do things, or, you know, if you're ready for bigger things, just try doing different things changing things up. Just that novelty increases dopamine. Dopamine makes you feel good. It's what makes you feel excited. Okay. Now I want to get to meditation and breath work. And I really include breath work within meditation personally. Like I just think of it as like a subset of meditation. But before I get into it, I want to talk about the autonomic nervous system. So there are two sides to the autonomic nervous system. Both have very important roles in Keeping us alive, I guess. So there's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system stimulates relaxation and restoration. It um, prompts the release of feel good hormones like oxytocin and serotonin. It helps us digest food. It loosens bowels so that we can eliminate. Um, It increases blood flow to the genitals so that we can have sex. I believe it's called the feed and breed nervous system. Now the sympathetic nervous system sends stimulating signals to the organs to tell them to be ready for action. Your heart rate increases, adrenaline kicks in, blood vessels constrict, pupils dilate, Palm sweat, the mind sharpens, it's called the fight or flight nervous system. This is, you know, historically, if you saw like a fucking lion, you'd be like in a sympathetic nervous system state where it'd be like, okay, do I fight this thing or do I run away from it? You know, your digestion pauses, blood flow to genitals pause. So like a lot of issues that we see nowadays in life is because people are in a heightened sympathetic nervous system state All the time. Our bodies are only designed to stay in the sympathetic nervous system state for a short period of time. It's just to give you that boost of energy to get away from severe danger. But in modern life, we see people stay in that state a lot. And in both depression and anxiety, the sympathetic activity is elevated. So really, like, like when you think of a lot of problems, like low sex drive, it's often because you're in a heightened sympathetic nervous system state, so you don't have adequate blood flow to the genitals. Um, a lot of constipation is actually linked, or like other digestive issues are actually linked to being in a heightened sympathetic nervous system state all the time. And like I said, depression and anxiety are both linked to that. Now, meditation can help you access the parasympathetic state really well. And meditation is very broad. There are a lot of different types of meditation. And again, I'm including breath work within that. So there are types, styles of breathing and types of meditation that actually will send you into a parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system state, but also there are some types of breath work that purposely put you in a heightened sympathetic state. Now you might be thinking, why the fuck would I do that? Because like, aren't we trying to get away from the sympathetic nervous system state? Isn't that the problem? And again, I do want to emphasize there are reasons to have the sympathetic nervous system state. Like if you're in a Actually, dangerous situation. You don't need blood flow to your genitals. You don't need blood flow to digestion. Those are not critical things in that moment. If there's a lion near you, you need all of the blood to flow to your muscles so that you can fucking run away and stay alive. Like The sympathetic nervous system plays a very important function, and it's the reason we're all here today. The reason we're all here today is because our ancestors had working sympathetic nervous systems and were able to flee danger the problem is like we don't have as much danger in our lives now but it does still come up I mean think about like I don't know like have you ever been in a situation where something got fucked up at work and you needed to like pull it all together really, really quickly and you just got into that drive mode and you were able to figure shit out, it's because you went into a sympathetic nervous system state. It does serve a function. The problem is that we're in it too much now. So anyway, you might be wondering why would I ever do any type of breathing that would purposely put me in a heightened sympathetic nervous system state? And here is why. Practicing purposely putting you in that state. It teaches you to consciously access this state and control it. And when you consciously access that state and have control over it, then you spend more of the rest of your day in a parasympathetic nervous system state. And when you're unconsciously in a sympathetic nervous system state, like something happens, you are now better at controlling the sympathetic nervous system state than you were before because you have a regular practice of putting yourself there. Now, this type of breath work is going to be a key feature in the 2023 kickoff challenge within the Blush Academy. There's going to be breath work that really helps you get better at mastering the sympathetic nervous system. But in general, there are so many different types of breath work, and they target different things. Some of these scientifically proven benefits of meditation, I'm literally just going to read them off. It reduces stress um, and the inflammation caused by stress. It improves symptoms of st- stress-triggered situations like IBS, fibromyalgia, and PTSD, reduces anxiety, including serious anxiety disorders. It improves your response to stress and anxiety. It reduces depression, reduces negative thoughts, Reduces levels of cytokines, which can cause depression. It enhances a more positive outlook on life. It improves your self-image. It improves self-efficacy. Self-efficacy means um, a person's belief in their own capacity or ability to overcome challenges. It improves problem-solving skills. Um, studies show people who meditate regularly feel less lonely and start increasing their social contacts. It lengthens, lengthens attention span, reverses patterns of mind wandering and worrying improves performance on neuropsychological tests it can reverse age related memory loss it can at least partially improve memory in patients with dementia it increases positive feelings towards yourself and others can increase positivity empathy and compassionate behavior towards others develops mental awareness some evidence suggesting it can help you manage triggers for unwanted impulses things like addictions bad habits like emotional been cheating things like that it improves sleep uh, specifically it shortens the time to fall asleep and improves sleep quality it improves your own mood it can improve the mood of people around you it can help manage chronic pain because it can diminish the perception of b- pain in the brain um, and it can increase it can decrease blood pressure not just while meditating but even outside of meditating. So a lot of fucking benefits to meditation. You might be thinking like, oh, but I can't meditate. Like my mind wanders too much, yada, yada, things like that. Okay. To me, that is like saying you know, entering the first grade and being like, I can't do math, therefore I can't go to math class. Like the whole point of going to math class is to learn how to do math. So like, if you feel like you can't meditate, that's why you start meditating so that you can learn how to meditate. Otherwise, like how are you like, no one can. And let me just tell you, it's so normal for your mind to wander. It is so fucking normal. And I have been meditating every single day without fail since June of 2017. 17 and my mind still wanders, and that's okay. It wanders less than it used to, but it still wanders. It's not like I sit there and like perfectly silent. And again, there are so many different types of meditation. So, you know, I recommend when you're first starting out to do really short amounts of time, like start with one minute every day and then increase it to two minutes every day. You see, scientifically proven benefits from just two minutes a day, if that makes you feel any better, but really start low and slow. There are different types of meditation. Like I often advocate for things that are more active with your breathing so that it's, it's just more things to have your mind on so that your mind can't wander to other things. And there are also ways to bring mindfulness into like exercise and just so many things throughout your day. And a lot of these things are going to be addressed in the 2023 Kickoff Challenge. Um, you know, the current courses that are up actually use elements from a lot of different types of meditation, but the 2023 Kickoff Challenge will see a lot more guided meditations using a lot more different types of meditation. And really, like I use, I've tried like every type of meditation out there, like not to brag, but I mean, like over 2000 consecutive days of meditating, you know, you learn a thing or two. And so I combine elements from things. Things that have like really worked for me um, and like group them together by theme. Okay, so now I've gone over all of the quote unquote easy stuff, right? Like it's, it's really the physical stuff and I've gone from easiest, like the easiest fucking thing is like add some fruit to your diet every day and meditation obviously is like a little bit harder, but now I want to get to the like quote unquote hard stuff. So once you handle like the lower hanging fruit, like nutrition, sleep, meditation, habits, etc., we're gonna to get to the deeper mental and emotional work. Now there is always a root to everything that's going on, and sometimes the root is purely physical. Like, maybe let's say you were just really deficient in vitamin D, that's going to affect your fucking mood. And once you stabilize, you might be fine. Sometimes it's purely mental or emotional, but more often than not, it's a combination of everything. So, what I really want to urge you is even if the physical changes help, I still urge you to go deeper. And I'll bring this personal. So, You know, Friday night, I'm just like sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And I was like, you know what? The first thing I need to do is get the physical stuff in check. And specifically, I've not been taking my B12 in a while. You know, we're now getting towards winter. I know I need vitamin D. Like, I know I need these nutrients. So Saturday morning, I went and I got four bags of IVs with like different nutrients in them. Now, Do I think you need to do that? Of course not. Again, this is like an extremely privileged thing. I live in New York City where there are like thousands of places to get nutritional IVs. Plus, I have the financial means to be able to do it. Um, And specifically, if you're wondering, I got a bag with a full complex of B vitamins and um, some amino acids and then I got a bag with more amino acids. So those two bags couldn't be mixed with each other. Oh, the first one also had some vitamin C, I think. And then I did NAD+. plus. NAD+, is wild, and I'm not going to talk about it right now because it's so complicated. And then I did glutathione and vitamin C. So those are the four bags I did. And then I did an intramuscular injection of vitamin D in my ass. Again, you don't need to do this. I just want to be fully transparent and honest about what I've done but i instantly felt better and that's the problem like a lot of people who don't want to go deep and it's probably not going to be you cuz if you're listening to this podcast i don't think it's you but i see this a lot in my family like anytime like i anything was wrong with me growing up my mom would be like oh you're low in b vitamins and it's like yeah okay maybe but like there's also a deeper layer to this you know and it can be so tempting to be like oh my god i feel so much better like i'm good now and i can move along with my day but no I still urge you to go deeper now to get to the mental and emotional roots of like what's going on with you. There are a few things I recommend, um, start tracking your triggers Write down every single time that you're triggered by anything. And I triggered? I mean, you got upset, you get jealous, you get angry, you get any sort of like emotional state, write down what happened and what you're feeling. And then you can start to see if there's a bit of a trend, um, Another way, and this is going to be very prominent in the 2023 kickoff state, uh, kickoff challenge, is in a deep theta brainwave state where your subconscious mind is more forward, you can initiate a conversation with yourself where you kind of ask yourself what's wrong. Um, so there's going to be guided meditations within the Blush Academy that help you do that. Um, and here's a really simple exercise. Exercise. Ask yourself what you want right now in your life, and then ask yourself why you don't have it yet. And then keep asking why until you get to a core wound. So, for example, right now I want a stronger community around me in New York City. Okay, why don't I have it? Because I never go out. Why don't I go out? Because I never feel like it. Why do I never feel like it? Because I worry something bad will happen. Okay, why do I worry something bad will happen? Because I worry that people won't like me. I won't have a good time because I'm so socially awkward. Okay. Like, why? Because, like, I feel so different and, like, I feel so unlovable. Okay. Why? Because I grew up being foreign. I grew up not knowing the language. I grew up feeling like my skin was dirty because it wasn't white enough. I feel I grew up feeling really other. I grew up having a lot of shame around the ways that I wasn't the same as others. And I have a lot of life experience that reinforced all of those beliefs. Okay, voila, we're now at a core wound. Now how do you heal the root? It's the same as all the shit I always talk about. My process, it's the same as like for the attachment wounds that I always talk about is first reprocessing the trauma. Now the body freezes during trauma, so it's not processed properly. And trauma therapy models like um, EMDR and somatic therapy can help you actually process the trauma. I use tools from EMDR and somatic therapy in the guided meditations within the Blush Academy to help you Really process the trauma. Once you process the trauma and that feels very neutral, you're good with it, then you want to create new neural pathways in the brain that like reinforce different beliefs. So when your brain, the brain is plastic, right? That's what neuroplasticity is. It means it can be reshaped. And when you're in a theta brainwave state, your mind is a lot more malleable. Now, when we visualize things in detail, especially in a theta brainwave state, our brain experiences it as though it actually happened. So that way you can start to create new neural pathways that emphasize new beliefs. So like for me, A, I would go through just trauma reprocessing around a lot of experiences that I had where I was like, you know, kind of like hate crimes, if you will, for being foreign, um, shit like that, which I have done a lot of. So like, I don't know how much more there is there, but if like new things come up or maybe some things haven't like fully reprocessed, I will hit those. But where I'm going to spend a lot of time on for myself is like, I have addressed a lot of these wounds of like feeling like a loser, feeling different, not feeling cool enough, things like that. But the approach that I've done the first time around is where I might visualize a childhood where I was really cool or I was the same and I was really loved. But this time... I want to approach it from a different angle because I think this is a deeper layer to it. I want to approach it from the angle of, like, I'm still foreign, I'm still different, I'm still socially awkward, whatever, but I was still loved for it. And, you know, this is an important thing to note. Sometimes you go through something and you're like, wait, but I've already worked through this. Like, why is this coming up again? Because you're now hitting a deeper layer of that thing. And you might need a deeper, different kind of approach to it this time around. And one thing I really recommend if you're going through something like me is like find role models of people who have this thing that's giving you insecurity and they're still thriving and like have everything that you want. So for me, I would find role models of people who are different like, who are, like, maybe, like, don't fit into, you know, conventional beauty standards or, like, considered quirky or different or, like, you know, are minorities, things like that, and who are still really loved and adored and have a really strong sense of community around them. Okay, so that's really my whole approach for pulling yourself out of a dark place. Now, I do want to touch on how to support someone else going through it. Um, what I would say or do is like, you know, check in with them, invite them to do stuff, but with zero pressure and tell them that you will understand you won't prod, but you're there when they need you. Do not try to rush them to feel better to alleviate your own discomfort. I see this a lot. Like I see this a lot with my family. If I don't feel well for like whether it's physically, emotionally, whatever, it makes them feel so uncomfortable that they want to like rush for me to feel better so that they feel better. And like that's not. Like, that's not actually being an ally. That's not actually being supportive. So, like, learn to tolerate the discomfort of someone else not being okay and just be there for them. And also, don't get upset if they cancel plans. Like, I know it can be annoying. I know it's super fucking rude. But, like, for me... This is the biggest symptom of when my mental state is bad and like the guilt that I feel from canceling things is so much fucking worse than like the inconvenience to your life. So just know if someone is canceling plans all the time, if someone's like not really showing up, things like that, they might be in a really fucking bad place and instead of getting angry with them, I would really encourage you if you want to be in this person's life to be compassionate towards them to tell them that you understand and that you're there for them when they need you and like honestly if you feel like you can't do this and you're like I don't want people in my life who are this flaky and yada yada that's fine you're allowed to have your boundaries but I'm saying like if you want to be a friend to this person you're going to have to be compassionate about that because like what they're going through is so much fucking worse than like the minor inconvenience to your life Okay. Just wrapping up real quick. Um, for further listening on the subject, there are three episodes that I recommend. One was obviously the sleep one that I mentioned. It's from April 5th. Um, it's 13 ways to optimize your sleep and have more energy. Um, an episode from June 7th, uh, called six free or cheap biohacking tools that actually work. And an episode from February 22nd called five scientifically proven ways to feel happier. All three of those episodes are really, really great for like more, of the physical side of things. Um, This is obviously deeper into the emotional stuff, but all great episodes. And before we wrap up, I just want to touch on the New Year's challenge because it falls so nicely in line with everything I've talked about today. Um, So the New Year's challenge, and this is the 2023 like kickoff challenge, it's going to be the entire month of January within the Blush Academy. You have to have like a six month or annual membership with the Blush Academy to be able to access this. Um, So there's going to be a lot of like physical and lifestyle tips. There's going to be nutrition, recipes, sleep resources, resources for supporting your nervous system, especially like breath work and types of meditation, but also other tools and resources and a lot of resources resources on menstrual cycles and how to cycle sync. And like, you know, if you're someone who, when you're in your luteal phase, like are just an absolute nightmare, or when you're ovulating, you completely lose it, whatever it is like, um, there's going to be a lot of like hormone balancing resources. So that's all the physical stuff, but the deeper work within the new year's challenge, which is like why I'm doing it ultimately is basically, what's going to happen is you're going to set like a goal. And then, like I said, look at why you don't have this yet. And what beliefs about yourself are preventing you from having it. And then you're going to deduce that into core wounds. And there's going to be guided meditations that will help you like really get to the core wounds, like deeper than, you know, what I can present in this episode, because we don't just have like hours for me to guide you through meditations right now. And then we work through those core wounds through guided meditations that attack from all angles. So there's going to be trauma reprocessing, there's going to be inner child and shadow work. There's going to be integrating all parts of yourself, self-love and acceptance, compassion towards others. Um, you know, ultimately, the goal of the New Year's Challenge, and ultimately the goal of all of the work that we do is connecting us. And like getting closer to the best version of ourselves because that's the version that isn't plagued by, you know, shit that went wrong in childhood, bullies, um, fucking attachment wounds, whatever. Like none of us came into this planet with anxious attachment. We all developed it. None of us came into this planet feeling like shit about ourselves. None of us came into this planet feeling other and like we don't fit in. These are all things that have happened to us that we can now undo and get closer to the person that we were before all of this shit happened. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. You know, thank you for your continued support. Um, I will say like, Having the habit of showing up for this podcast, even when I'm in a dark place, like really is one of those routines that really, really helps me. It's one of the things that I've probably been the most consistent about in my entire life. And, you know, even though I feel like such a loser and such a fraud and such an imposter right now. I hope me just being fully vulnerable and honest about what's going on with me is helpful to you in some way. And if it is, you know, please, please, please share this episode. Please leave a review and tell me how it affected you. I want to hear these things. It helps the show. It helps me. It helps you get more of the show. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you for listening.